Wow. Wow. These lights are very useful, it turns out. <laughs> they are a sad cave. Oh, I've spotted a spider. How long's that spider been there, John? Oh, right. Oh, oh right, OK. Now, that wasn't there yesterday. And uh, that is a really lovely European cave spider. They're on the endangered species list, so you're seeing something quite rare here. Really? Uh, yes, and they are... Uh, you'll find several of them all over the place. I'm just going to try and don't work tell out... Don't you. you don't well, tell <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try... <laughs> oh, God! It's good for me. Is it good for me? Good therapy. Yeah. Right, OK. Well, here we are. I can hear a wood pigeon. Is that a wood pigeon? I should know, but I, I don't. <laughs> I only ever hear that cuckoo, cuckoo in, in Derbyshire. Yeah. But then I don't go to very much of the countryside. I was going to say, you do live <laughs> in, like, central London, or not quite central London, but yes. It's very beautiful and peaceful, isn't it? It's, yeah, um, it is. I've got to say, I don't... I don't re- even though I did come here quite a few times as a child, I do not remember... I don't remember that this definitely wasn't here, this no, big building. I've been thinking, I don't think this was here. It looks quite modern. It's what kind of sandstone, possibly? It's like quite very a, pale brick. It's quite an architectural building, isn't it? Sort of pointy. Um, yeah, a bit Scandinavian, maybe. I don't know in my head, and I don't know if this is a false memory, but I kind of remember like a shack. Yeah. <laughs> what, with an old man in it selling <laughs> tops of tea? Yeah. yeah, I think I do. So we'll have to ask, I, think, I, I don't know, maybe, I can't work out if that's like a fake memory or something. Yeah, what, what's the shack from the Ice Age? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I can hear other birds as well as the wood pigeon now. Did I ever tell you I went on that course to try and identify birds by the calls they make? But it was in East London and there just weren't enough birds. I think I think I remember, but I don't know why you didn't just ask Bobby. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Bobby, your partner is very good at uh, identifying I know. birds. I am, honestly, when he listens to this and I can't even... I don't even know what a wood pigeon sounds like. He's going to be absolutely horrified. Yeah, he, well, don't let him listen to it. It's <laughs> no. not worth the risk. <laughs> right. We've listened to wood pigeons for long enough. Shall we head inside? I think we should head in. Hi, I'm the comedian, actor and writer Izzy Sutty here at Cresswell Crags. And I'm her friend Caroline Bostock and this is... Meet me, me at, at the, the museum. It's right, really good actually. <laughs> Hello. Hello there, guys. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Crystal Crags. How Thank can I help you, you today? Uh, well, we've got our national art passes. Oh, fantastic! So because you've got that, that does allow you free entry into our exhibitions today. Amazing. Brilliant. Fantastic. So welcome. Come have a look around. Thank you. I wanted to come to Crestwell Crags because. I didn't actually realise we both used to come here with our dads. We did. I don't think... Did you know that about me? No, I didn't. I didn't. But when you said Cressel Craig's, I was really pleased because it... Bizarrely, it's a place... It is an amazing place, but it's somewhere I've not been probably since I was a kid. I didn't know how I'd feel coming back here because I haven't been back here since Dad died, which is now 10 years ago, which seems unbelievable. But I think moving away as well, when I do come back up, I often just see you and we go out and kind of just love kind of seeing you so wouldn't necessarily go on an expedition somewhere but it is lovely being back here and I think when we see 
the gorge, which is what I associate most with dad, I'm really going to try and concentrate because I think sometimes what happens is I hear stuff about a really long time ago and I, I get kind of a bit distracted by the thing that I'm looking at and I'm not, I can't take in kind of the, almost like this is the way that a hot, that, that people used to live and this yeah. is like, this was their whole lives. So I think I'm going to try and concentrate because dad was so passionate about history and uh, I want him to be looking down and thinking, yeah, you did actually learn some things. <laughs> I think when I was with the, in the caves with him, when I used to come here, I just used to sort of be like, wow, I'm in a cave and people used to live here in the Ice Age. So I think it's quite important to have come back and I'm really glad that we're here. It is an opportunity, I think, to sort of reconnect probably, well, not only with you, Izzy, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you and have an excuse to, but also I think to reconnect a bit with my dad, It's it's been... It's been quite a rough few few years in our family, if I'm honest. Um, uh, my mum was very unwell as a child, as you know, as I've been talking about. It was quite she had very serious mental health issues, and um, you know, you see my, my dad at weekends, and like I say, it seemed like a haven to me to to go to all these amazing places, and I could sort of forget about how difficult it probably was the the, the rest of the, the rest of the week in a way. But, um, my, you know, my dad passed away, um, what, five years ago now, and, and my mum passed away about a year and a half ago. And that was, you know, my dad had had Alzheimer's for quite a while. So it, it sort of just remembering the good times and who who he was then, because we did have a few difficult years with him. It's a really great opportunity to kind of remember that, you know, the really amazing things about him, I think, and um, the good times that he did give us. It is also a chance, isn't it, for us to make our own relationship with a place that meant so much to our dads. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just that we've come here because of them, which was initially why I thought of it, because I yeah. always knew that I wanted you to do this with me. And then I was like, you know, well, this meant so much to dad because he's not here I always want to do something I think whenever I can that reminds yeah. me of him then when I found out that you used to come here with your dad I was like this is absolutely perfect but actually being here I think this is almost like a celebration of our friendship as well yeah. a chance for us to walk around the caves and go this is why our dads loved it and yeah. we are our dad's daughters but we are also us Okay, so we'll go to the caves in a little while. We're outside the main exhibition, home of our Ice Age ancestors. Do you know much about the Ice Age? Not really. Nor do I. About to find out. (laughs) (laughs) You can really see the modernity of this building goes really well with the fact that it's showing Ice Age stuff. Yeah. The contrast of of very old and and new. And very new. They've not tried to make the building... It's um, quite minimalist, actually, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. So there's this interactive sandbox. I think this is quite hot property in the museum because at the moment there's a family um, playing on it, as they should be. But it will be our turn at some point, I was going to say, I'm quite keen to have (laughs) a go. (laughs) Um, But in the meantime, while there's a little queue for the sandbox, should we have a look at this? Wow. So this is a baby hyena skeleton found in Pinhole Cave in the 1980s. What does it say there? So it's a baby hyena skeleton, and it's very rare, and, but it's one of the most complete Ice Age baby hyena skeletons ever found. Wow. So it's, they reckon it lived 40,000 years ago, 
I mean, that's what's mad about this place, isn't it? I mean, it's not just your average kind of museum. No, and like, I think that's it's why. like it's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, and it says this is the first time that the baby hyena has been displayed with all four of its lower leg bones. Oh yeah, it's got the hip bones, and then wow. Um, and this is a picture of when they found it. It must be so. Do you think it? Would you like to do the job of laying it out? You know, like if you found it, because presumably yeah. all the bones get jumbled up if they've been there for that long. I think yeah, sort of. It's sort of like a jigsaw, isn't it? Yeah. Trying to put everything in the right the right place. And it was found in the eighties. I think this is what was brilliant about this place. It never stops discovering stuff because these caves have obviously been around for so long. But they keep finding... This, is a, this was only found in the 80s, during our yeah. lifetime. And they found... Um, they, oh, we'll learn more about this in the caves, but I'm sure they found more cave art recently, reasonably recently. Right. So it's like, yeah. it, it must be the gift that keeps on giving if you know what to look yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you said come here, I felt really bad that I've not brought my kids here because... It is an amazing place to bring them, and it's so close because I still live um, in Matlock. Well, I moved back to Matlock, obviously. So I know, but don't you sometimes think that you don't go to museums near your home? You tend to go when you're away. Because if I think there is a museum near us called the Horniman, because mm-hmm. um, obviously we're in South London and it's it's quite near us, and we do go there quite a lot because mm-hmm. it's really good to run around outside as well as the museum being brilliant. But I don't go to any museums in central London. I tend to go to museums when I'm on holiday or when I'm back here. No, I I do agree. But I guess maybe when we were kids, our parents did do stuff like that. Because they did. did. People used to travel less, didn't (laughs) they? I know, maybe that's it. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Used to be like, we'll go to that museum. That's good. We can look at the things we've looked at a million times. That's fine. Actually, I do think there's something to be said for going back to a museum that you know well and going to I don't know to look at exhibitions and look at items I suppose that have piqued your interest yeah. again and again rather yeah. than always going I think if I think of somewhere like National History Museum which is actually the last time I remember being in a museum with you yes that's because what, yes, your son ran out of the cafe and Bobby had to chase him <laughs> yeah can you remember? I do, I do. And it was really busy. He was only really little, wasn't he? And um, I think he was running back to the dinosaur section. <laughs> I reckon that so, happens once every 15 minutes. I, I remember it being incredibly busy and we all had really young children and we were but desperately trying to kind of be be relaxed. But we, were, <laughs> well, we probably weren't being that relaxed. The thing is, in, in a way, it's funny, I found since having kids, you go to a museum, you can't actually read anything because they're just trying to... They like looking at it for about a second and then and then it's like move on to the next thing. I know. So, and as you say, when they're young and it's busy, you're yeah. also worried about their safety. Yeah. So it's like, even if it was empty and you weren't yeah. worried about that, you'd still be going, you're sort of going, oh, built in 1888 and that's all you can take from it. <laughs> I, know. I know. That's it. Caroline, we've bagsed the sandbox. Oh my Don't God. let anyone else so come excited. on it. <laughs> All the children are going to have to form an orderly queue So outside. how mad is this? Like, it's a sand pit with a projection on it. So that so means you, when you touch it, and, and it's a projection of, like, a sand dune with water. Water, and then lots of different creatures. There's crabs, um, seagulls, 
fires. So I, I presume you can play games on it. So should we choose? There's you can a screen up here. Ones. Yeah, main menu, day and night. Lots of lots of things you can choose. Colouring. We could choose that. Maybe we should choose something a bit more advanced. Topography. Shall I press that? Go on, you press it. Let's okay. So I'm choosing topography. It's not really. Oh, no. oh, hang on. Oh, hang Start. on. Start. Press start, no. Oh, it's not a touch screen. We're so... <laughs> oh, hang on. You, something's happened there. Oh, hang okay, on. Right, right, we're going up. I'm going to... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting up to topography. Here we go. And then press start. Oh. Oh, wow. So the whole projection's changed from that of the sand dune. So this is showing... Do you know what these lines are? Do you know... I remember from geography. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Williamson... <laughs> Was it Williams or Williamson? Was it Mr. Williams? Williamson. I, I actually remember. So it's showing layers and layers of land next to sea, and they're all different colours from a bird's eye view. And I remember making something like this out of cardboard and but painting you know, it different colours. Do you know what, what the lines are showing? Showing how deep they are. <laughs> Geogra- you probably know because you work in town your- planning. <laughs> Don't work in town planning. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just know how to read maps, basically. No, th- so <laughs> you used to work in town planning. Well, sort of regeneration, but yes. There we go. <laughs> um, but generally, you weren't town planning on the top of a mountain. To be fair, <laughs> um, the lines are showing how high. So it's like showing that's the highest point. So the higher up you go. The, 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 the higher the higher it is and if yeah. you look on like an ordnance survey map you'll see something similar okay that's sort of what i meant actually when i said how deep how it is. deep it yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> and the blue bits are um and the, are the I sky guess they're right the deep bits, <laughs> I <think> they? <laughs> so we've got shimmering pools I've it's actually very it is, beautiful it's isn't amazing because it? you actually think you're going to put your hand in water but you're yeah. actually just touching the sand and it's oh does it oh hang on look I know, it's that... actually shimmering. Oh, I mean, you've created. That, that is so weird. It's like you've stuck your finger in a puddle. It is. Oh, weird. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how they do that. So we're putting our fingers into the blue bits of sand, the sea or the water, and it's actually acting like we've created ripples. Do you think anyone's ever jumped in it? I don't mean like me or you. <laughs> You could be the first, Izzy. You've got form on that, haven't you? Destro- oh, don't. <laughs> Are you talking about the time I jumped off Matlock Bridge for a one-pound bet into yes. the River Derwent and broke my ankle? And, and then telling mum you actually jumped into the duck pond. Duck pond. Yeah. So that's, that's a difference of, like, the bridge, say, what, 20, 20 foot? Yeah, it's not the Drop. main bridge, it's the one in the middle of the park. Yeah, but it's still it quite It was big. raining as well. It was, so, yeah, and yeah. you couldn't I see the I did it for a dare. That's a difference think... of 20 foot and about... Two Three foot, foot yeah. or something. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, and I won't be jumping into this. No, but it's very lovely, oh, and brilliant. it is. I'm sure our kids would love playing with that. And it's the first thing you see. Yeah. And I think I've never thought about this before. The first thing you come across when you walk into an exhibition is really important. It is. It is. It's like you know, with comedy sets, you always start with your best bit and yep. you finish with your second best because hopefully by that point they like you've you. hooked them in yeah so in a way the first exhibition has to be your best and it has to sort of set out your stall so you mm-hmm. go this is what it's going to be about and this is really interesting i think this does it really well so 
So this is the oldest coloured drawing known in Britain. What? Oh, my God. With its chin up and mane flying, this finely engraved horse may be running for its life. So this is actually tiny, isn't it? It's on a piece of rib bone. Is it a horse's rib bone? Don't know. The horse's neck is outstretched and its nostrils flared. You can see the closely engraved vertical lines of its thick, upright mane along the top of the bone. The fine vertical lines drawn over and in front of the horse may represent spears or posts used by hunters. Wow. And so so it's coloured onto a piece of bone, which is... So the bone was coloured with ochre, a red paint made from iron oxide, covering the horse and the reverse pattern. Sometime after it was coloured, the drawing was crossed out with deep, deeply incised horizontal lines and the bone was broken. Was this ha- artist unhappy with the work it had failed to bring good luck? Wow. Well, she could find out more about it. I do too. Hi there. Hi. Welcome to Chris or Craig's. Do you um, work here? I do, yeah. Oh, I'm Angharad. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Angharad. I'm the curator. So, is there anything you want to know about this item? Yeah, very much so. So, was it originally a different colour from what it is now? It was coloured in um, ochre, so it might have been sort of a reddy orange colour, which we can't really see nowadays. And it's so tiny as well, so you might have to get really up close and with a microscope to be able to see the colour. And how, how was it found? Um, so the story of its um, find is quite interesting. So um, there was um, a group of archaeologists who were digging in the caves in the um, sort of 1870s. Uh, um, so there was um, Thomas Heath, uh, John Megas Mellon and William Boyd Dawkins. Um, and William Boyd Dawkins uh, was overseeing some excavations in Robin Hood Cave. Um, and in the same week, he found a tooth of a homotherium, which is a, a scimitar tooth cat, and that was quite a rare find in Britain. And then he also apparently found uh, this item, so an engraved bone. Do you reckon he knew immediately that it was important? Well, if it was a genuine find, then yes, he would have. But actually, some people think he might have planted it. Oh, wow. Really? What, yeah. um, why do they think that? Um, I think because it was very rare um, and also because it was found in the same week as this other rare item. Um, and there was some debate about the sediment adhering to, um, I think, the tooth as well. And um, I think he had a bit of an ego. So there was a lot of arguments and um, there's um, some sort of transcripts and records from some of the geological and archaeological meetings and basically having wow. a massive argument and throwing insults at each other. <laughs> That's amazing. So I that never would have thought that. If you didn't find it there, where, where, where would it have come from? Um, probably somewhere from mainland Europe. Oh, right. Oh, so okay. have, I was thinking he might have tried to make it himself, mm. but presumably that would have been impossible. I guess they can um, tell, can they? Like, yeah, you can test it, I, I think. think. I think it's probably as old but yeah, potentially a plant, but we'll probably never know for certain. Wow. Would he have just stood to gain stature by finding it? He wouldn't have got. He didn't get money for finding it. When they did these digs, mm. they didn't get. Did they get paid for it, or was it just because they were so passionate about um, trying to find out more? I think largely it would have been like stature yeah. and for his ego and um, for his own importance. And um, they did get funded for excavating but I'm not sure how much that money went to them themselves but I guess if you know he became more prominent then he might have stood to be more likely to get more funding in the future so what do you think do you think he planted it oh, I don't know I don't think we'll ever know <laughs> mystery is it common to have 
paintings like this on, on bones, on animal bones? Is it Not so much in Britain, it's mm-hmm. quite rare in Britain, but there are a lot of indications, a lot of evidence of art um, elsewhere in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because people were finding these items elsewhere in Europe, if he planted it, maybe he was like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if I was the first person to find one in Britain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And little did he know that, you know, hundreds of years later, people would still be debating yeah. whether he planted it or not. I really like the fact that it was crossed out. <laughs> so presumably the artist drew the horse and then it's saying that these fine vertical lines... Um, may represent spears mm. and then it's the crossing out a different kind of line that they just like when a child just goes oh I don't want to do this painting of the spaceship I'm going to cross it out I mean it might well be yeah because it was sometime after it was co- after it was coloured so it was finished and then they just went actually no not happy with this horse it looks too sad okay Angharad well you're the expert where would you take Caroline and me to next um, so I can take you behind the scenes. So it's normally close to the public, but we've got some nice collections items in our collection store if you'd like to see them. We promise not to steal them. <laughs> be amazing. Oh, wow. So we're walking into... This is extremely oh, wow. exciting. It is. And it's like a, it's like the, a library at university. Oh, my God, what are they? This is like a film. <laughs> I can't, wow. I'm really actually scared to breathe in case I like break something. So we're surrounded by shelves. Um, sliding kind of, shelves. Sliding shelves uh, with lots and lots of bones on them. And some of them are absolutely massive. And then wow. some of them are tiny. And um, they're all labelled in different ways. So there are boxes. One of them says Felis Leo predation curved bones showing f leo damage and then there's these massive skulls with almost like luggage tags on them labeling them these are actually um what's called our comparative collection so these are modern items okay and in theory we'd have um species of animals that either lived in Cresel crags or their closest relatives so down here um, we've got um, the joy of a hippopotamus. So hippos did live in Creswell Crags wow. 125,000 years Whoa. ago. Wow. But we also have some oddities, so some species that never lived in Creswell Crags. So these massive ones behind you, these are the skeleton of a whale. Right. Um, wow. So never lived in Creswell Crags, but it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a cool specimen to have. And we have down here um, the baleen of a whale, so quite hairy. Hairy? Yeah. So that would have helped it to filter feed. Wow, so most of these bones, some of them almost look like wood, don't they? Like a cross-section yeah. of a trunk. And I mean, it's hard to describe how big some, some of them are. I mean, the whale. Are these, are these pieces of, like, the whale's spine or ribs? Yes, they're ribs, Yeah, so they? ribs and vertebra. Yeah. That, wow, it's... You really feel like you're in the presence of... I know it sounds a bit weird, but it feels different. Like, if this room was just full of paper on on cabinets it wouldn't yeah. feel like this it feels no. very special to be and in there's here. quite a distinct smell isn't there i can't quite yeah not unpleasant it's just but it's sort of an anim- animally yeah i think do you find that Ankara, yeah yeah it's animal bone smell yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are we able to touch any of these items um unfortunately not because you'd have to wear gloves okay um, because of the like grease from the fingers causing mold on the bone but there is something that you can listen to oh Um, yes please we'll just have to go to the next racking okay that's okay so yes i'll just uh roll the the racking across then (gasps) 
never seen one of these? Never in my life, genuinely. So Angara's just turned the handle and opened, I'm going to call it a secret door. <laughs> it's not, well, just the next shelf. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this All right. is... <laughs> so we're in a very similar kind of passageway um, to the one that we were in before. And these are, again, more boxes and more bones labelled. So we've got a lion, we've got um, wolf... Uh, tiger wildebeest this is part of one of our uh, comparative items so i'm just going to make this make a noise and i want you to try and guess what animal it might be from oh is it a rattlesnake this is a rattlesnake <gasps> yeah so presumably the rattle is still intact within the yeah bone. so i think it's so it's made up of probably how many is that about eight sort of rings i guess and i think they rattled together and um, so i think this is like keratin and remnants of skin um, and it's small amazing, really isn't, isn't it, it? it is it's, quite small. it's you know only the width of a couple of fingers and yeah it can make that noise that's amazing that ama- and that you can still make that noise we need somewhere to go to next don't we Kaz? we do where do you suggest um i suggest robin hood cave um so if you head downstairs and then out the door and then through the meadow you'll be up to our gorge where robin hood cave is thank you so much for talking to us thank you very much it's a pleasure it's a lovely day to be here though isn't it yeah and the light on the meadow is really beautiful and there are a little few daisies here and there because it's coming up to spring this feels like quite a good place to really listen to the birds because we're kind of in the middle of lots of trees. Yeah, we've just come out out of the first bit of path and there's like a picnic area as well. So yeah, it'd be a good place to sit and um, and just take in the noise of the yeah. birds, wouldn't it? So that's the wood pigeon again. Yeah. I'm getting wood pigeon. I'm getting the pterodactyl bird <laughs> this is uh, shocking is he? there's a choo 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 and I think choo-choo. that is something like a chaffinch or a small bird like that I mean is that <laughs> is that the scientific description it's a, a chaffinch or something like that a small bird a small bird <laughs> <laughs> well but you can get an app oh, yeah like, like Shazam but yeah <laughs> <laughs> can you yes What's this? Oh, wow, a bench. Oh, wow, it's a COVID bench. In memory of all who lost their lives to COVID-19, forever in our hearts. Bench donated by Community Unity Unity Project, CUP, in 2021. Oh, wow, that's so nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, and then there's... So that's on the big bench, and then there's a, a small box of stones and flowers and then to the right of that is a, no, a smaller bench saying we saved the we've saved them a seat oh isn't that lovely that is lovely this feels like exactly the right place to have a memorial bench like this doesn't it it does it does something quite close to my heart <laughs> yeah so. It's a year and a half now, but she 
my mum caught COVID in her care home. She didn't pass away immediately, so I had a few. I had about three months with her, but it did kind of irreparable damage to her, basically. So, so it's affected me very directly. You know, it's something that's that's really close to me. So it's really nice to see it being recognised because I think one of the things about being the relative of someone that's died of COVID is it's almost it's almost brushed aside a lot of the time. Like, oh, she must. You know, people actually say things to me like. Yeah, but she she must have had lots of preconditions. She did have preconditions, but, well, A, that's irrelevant. You know, she still died sooner than she would have done. Um, but but B, there's a lot of people with pre-existing conditions that are a lot younger and, and have got, you know, kids. And, you know, so it's just, um, you know, it's such a weird time to have lost someone because there was so much loss. But then at the same time, people just wanting to kind of brush it aside and get on with stuff and... Also, the the news is just full of it the whole time. So the thing that killed your loved one is just always on the news, always on social media. Everyone's got an opinion on it. It seems never-ending, actually, <laughs> in some ways. Mm, yeah. This is what I think of when I think of Crestwell yes. Crag. So we're standing yep. in front of a large lake. Is this... And it does have ducks on. It does have ducks, maybe. It does have ducks on. Um, Yeah, and it's uh, on the left-hand side, you've got um, kind of the gorge, I guess. Well, it's a gorge, but on the left, there's more rocky kind of outcrops, really. And then on the right, you've got more of a kind of grassy path. But it is beautiful, isn't it? Especially in the sun. And it it does kind of look, it does really look prehistoric. You could imagine, like, pterodactyls, couldn't you? Yes, absolutely. You could something very pure about it yeah. it feels kind of timeless and when I think of dad bringing me here this is exactly where I remember standing with him yep and there's two swans in the middle of the lake mm. as well it really is um, it, it's stunning isn't it yeah it is and if we were here with the kids they'd be running straight they, to the cave. that's it or trying to jump <laughs> in the water yeah. <laughs> hi there Hi. My name's John, John Charlesworth. I'm going to be your guide into the caves today. I've worked here for a very long time, just after the mammoths left. (laughs) Uh, I've been here for about 20 years. uh, And, uh, in fact, we've had a lot of changes here over that time, which I want to introduce you to, and some of the new discoveries as well. But before we go, we need to give you a helmet and to get you to put those on to protect your heads and give you a light as well so you can see where you're going. So would I have put this helmet on when I used to come with my dad? Um, that I think the last time I came here was probably around 2003, 2004. Uh, yeah, you would. They would have been obviously a predecessor to these ones, but they yeah. were more or less the same. So you would have put those on if you were coming here then and you were going into a cave. But of course, we've had two really significant discoveries since, since then, so, which I want to show you. Yeah, One of them is the Ice Age rock art. It's the only sort of collection of Ice Age rock art ever discovered in Britain and the most northerly in the whole world. Um, most of it is in a cave which has got bats hibernating at the moment, so we can't go in there. But there is one that I can show you in Robin Hood Cave, okay. which is our largest cave. And the other one is the discovery of these witch marks that we found only in 2018, which completely took us wow. by surprise. What are witch marks? Well, the first thing we have to say is that that's a, a very new term that's been given to them. They probably have nothing to do with witches at all. Their proper name is an apotropaic mark, 
which means to turn something away in Greek, or ritual protective marks. So basically, they're there to ward off evil of all yeah. sorts. It might include witches, uh, but it may well include uh, demons, evil spirits, anything bad that has happened to you that's come into your world that you want to keep away from yourself. And just to give you a quick insight into the, the way the gorge works, you're standing on a dam. Uh, and that was put here in the 19th century by the Dukes of Portland. They wanted to make an ornamental lake. Okay. So the river went through it originally. And what, it, what it's going through is an, a magnesium limestone gorge with about 24 caves in it. Most yep. of them little cracks in the rocks to get a number. Some are big enough to get a name. We're going to go into the largest, which is Robin Hood Cave. I want you to imagine that you've been living a lot further south for most of the year maybe as far south as northern France or something like that, and you're just coming up here basically for your summer holidays in the Ice Age because you're following the herds of reindeer and uh, other animals you want to eat, which uh, are going to eat the, the sort of Arctic-style grasses that we've got up here. So when the permafrost has, has, has melted in the summer, that's when you would move up with them because you're following your, your food. And you have to travel pretty quickly. A reindeer moves about 30 miles every day. So you have to get up in the morning, walk as far as you can, fall asleep, get up in the morning, walk as far as you can. So you'd arrive up here several weeks later with two sore feet, looking for somewhere to stay. And Robin Hood Cave is our best cave. It's yeah. our only multi-chambered cave. Uh, it's a very pleasant place to be. But let's go inside and see what it's like. We'll unlock the cave first. OK. We're, I mean, we're only at the entrance, but we're, there's a very secure-looking gate in front of us with bars on it. John's just unlocking it. Um, We've just come up some steps to get to the cave, haven't we? And there's more steps going up into the cave when you go past the gate. So before we go in, just put your lights on so you can see where you go. (laughs) And then um, we'll go in there, look out for hyenas in the dark. You can go first because I need to secure the gate. (laughs) Cassie, you've got to go first. I've got to go first. (laughs) This is the only one in this cave. So where I'm shining my light just there... Should we be able to see that there is a V shape there? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the bisecting line, and all the lines meet under uh, that piece of stalactite. Uh, that's part of a whole series of triangular shapes to get in Ice Age art. Best guess is it stands for the female reproductive organ. It's a vulva of some sort, so maybe uh, um, a fertility symbol. The stalactite there has grown over the end of the V shape. Stalactite takes a very long time to grow, hundreds if not thousands of years for a few millimetres. So obviously the art is ancient. Yeah. Even better than that, you can date it because there's a small amount of uranium in it. So like carbon-14 dating can work out how much radiation is left, work out its age. So they've done that across our site and our stalactite is 12,800 years old. Wow. Which means that the art that's underneath has to be slightly older, so we conservatively date it to between 13 and 13 and a half thousand years old. So it's the oldest British art of all and the most northerly in the world from the Ice Age. That's amazing. It really proves how meticulously you have to look at these walls. The reason that it, that it wasn't found till 2003, because obviously we've had archaeologists here since the 1870s, is one, it wasn't thought that Britain had any, because we're so far north, that maybe, or maybe our climate didn't allow it to, to survive. And secondly, of course, the Victorians have lowered the floor. So a lot of it, that's Would quite it? high up. The ones oh, that yeah. are in church hall are way above your head. We've had to put a platform in to raise people up to the level so that they can see them. So it's, one, you're walking past it all the time, and two, academics, until three got together who thought there ought to be someone, went on an expedition around the country to find them, thought there wasn't any anyway. Yeah, right. 
I mean, it's it's just it is incredible, really, isn't it? To know that that is that old and that has been put there by by humans, and we're stood here looking at it. It's quite quite incredible, really. And also the importance of art and ritual, I suppose, yeah. because this um, art and the witch marks as well, they are. They are art in a way, but in another way, they probably have some meaning for the people who are living here. I think what's, what is coming to light here is that, yeah, we've got these, these uh, wonderful pieces of Ice Age art, which are of a pattern that you find across Europe. So there's something more than just art for art's sake going yeah. on here. And secondly, you've, you've got the witch marks. Some people reckon that they've seen Neolithic art in, in a mixed with the graffiti. Other people reckon they've seen Bronze Age so maybe we've got a complete sort of continuum of people's reaction to this place and leaving their mark on it over the whole period yeah. of time humans have been involved in this place. Let's have a look at some of these witch marks, which took us completely by surprise. And what we've got here are mostly um, appeals to the Virgin Mary to help people whatever is concerning them about this cave. There are some near the cave entrance. They were the first ones that were found. I was here at the point at which they were found, so it was a very exciting thing to happen. Um, and we've been completely concentrating on the Ice Age forever. And this took us by surprise, so we had to kind of slightly refocus uh, what we were thinking about at that point. So here are, these are witch marks. Can you see these crossed Vs just here? Oh, yeah. Uh, the crossed Vs stand for uh, Virgin of Virgins, or Virgo Virginum in Latin. And if you turn it upside down, which you can see some later on, uh, it turns into, the, into an M, which means Maria. And as you can see, there were lots of them all over the place. There's a nice one in a box, a cartouche we call it. So there's Mary on this side. That crossed I is also another one. Um, a crossed I is instead of using a J for Jesus, because in Latin there's no letter J. Uh, so you've got both Jesus and Mary in there. Uh, there are different forms. Lots of these are witch marks, which we don't really have time to go into, like the R's for Rex or Regina, once again, King or Queen of Heaven. Um, there were sort of laddery shaped ones, which are just there. You can see those. Uh, there's another ladder up here. So what I'd like you to do, uh, we've got some stools, a new invention that we've brought in, so it's not so uncomfortable for people. If you'd like to just get a, a few stools and, and sit facing this way. Yeah. I'm going to cross over to the other side. I'm going to cross the, the barrier here <laughs> into a tunnel... Shall we describe this? Well, yes, so John's going under the barrier. He's the only one allowed to do this, I presume. Yeah. And he's going um, <laughs> towards a, a hole. That's it's like right. another chamber, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But this is what made it. We followed the trail when we were discovering these all the way to this tunnel. And then we went down the tunnel and it began to get really exciting because you can see the whole cave tunnel is covered in these from one end to the other. Wow. Uh, lots and lots. There are... Nice. There are genuine people's initials on here but a lot of them are witch marks there you can see another crossed eye just there for instance uh, here is possibly the earliest date that we found so far so you should be able to where i'm my light above there um there is a 1505 one of the experts has looked at this reckons that that's a genuine date so we're going way back to the beginning of the 16th century so i'm just going to put a couple of lights on Oh, wow, it's quite big back there, isn't it? It's a circular chamber, and it's about 12 feet across, about yeah. uh, four metres across. Um, and that's when he got excited. This is the way my operations manager described it when we were making these discoveries. He said it was like one of those horror movies where they go to a haunted house, they shine <laughs> the light on the wall, they see a demonic symbol, and then as they shine the, wall, the light around, they realise the whole place is covered in them. 
there is a <laughs> one and a half metre thick band all the way around that circle and you can hardly put a finger between them. There's that many. Wow. So we probably have several hundred of them in this cave alone. What's nice about these ones, we had a, a conference here on Saturday regarding these and I'm afraid I was able to disappoint somebody on the conference because they thought they'd found the largest witch mark of all and, and ours were about two centimetres bigger than them. So you had the unedifying sight of two blokes comparing the size of their witch marks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've done it. We've done the we, crags. <laughs> we have. We have. It was really great to come to come back, wasn't it? And yeah. um, and well, and see all the new stuff that obviously wasn't here when we when we last came. And the museum and and everything is is all completely new. And and it's kept its beauty, hasn't it? The gorge. It's not like um, commercial in any way, or or they've not ruined it with you know loads of plaques and stuff everywhere. You can still sort of enjoy that as a piece of of really great sort of countryside really yeah that's true it would be really easy to put a little snack bar there I it think was it's brilliant that yeah. they had so the shack's gone <laughs> the shack yeah that was must have been here though they've replaced the shack with a an award-winning award building, building. <laughs> <laughs> i'm really glad that i came here with you because i feel like we know each other really well and we know each other's dads really well as well yeah and i can Imagine us coming here when we were younger, even though we didn't yep, yep. know each other as well then, because you were it was before you came yeah. to Matlock. But when we were in the caves looking at the witch marks, especially, I felt like Dad would really have been interested in those. I think your dad would have done as well. Yeah, he would. I mean, he he loved anything like like that. And like I said, you know, he 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 was actually a cave guide himself at another local attraction. So I think he would have been really interested. Isn't it weird to think that those marks have been there for so long and they were discovered so recently? Do you think you would have ever been able to look at that wall and go, that's two Vs? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to know, isn't it? When, when you, I mean, you almost needed to go in and look around and, and not be told about it and see. But I mean, but I, I would have looked at it and probably thought it's just sort of weird, like graffiti. Yeah, because especially if it's mixed in with modern graffiti, I think yeah. the skill is in different, in differentiating that ancient yeah. graffiti from Kaz loves Bobby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, when you look at it, there isn't any of that, is there? It is all, I mean, and that's what's kind of quite freaky about it. It is all that same symbol. It would be the only place where people would be disappointed if Banksy came. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, anywhere else, it's incredible. But he'd be like, oh, Banksy, you've covered up the witch marks. Thanks for listening to Meet Me at the Museum with me, Izzy Sutty. And me, Caroline Bostock, here at Creswell Crags Museum and Prehistoric Gorge. If you like this episode of the podcast, please rate, subscribe or tell a friend. And don't forget, you can show your love for museums with a National Art Pass. It gives you great benefits at hundreds of venues while raising money to support them. 